0: Hey, guys, and welcome to another episode of the System Podcast with me, Natasha Pinto. Today, our guest is Anastasia. She's an entrepreneur, blogger, Pinterest expert, business coach, and online course creator. Hi, Anastasia. Hi, Natasha. Thank you for having me here. Well, welcome. And um, I'm really excited to have you on here. I think you've got a really interesting set of expertise and something that we ha- haven't had on the podcast yet. So I'm quite keen to ask you all sorts of questions. But my first one, which I like to start with for all our guests, is kind of, can you take me through your history, your background? Where did you think you were headed on your career path, and how did you get to where you are now?
1: Okay, so when I started, uh, it was about four years ago, and before that, for about 10 years, I was working in digital marketing but in a corporate world uh, i started initially as a, a, a and as an editor for an online magazine and then the, the magazine itself it was focused on seo on uh, google seo specifically and so uh, over time i started and i understood this topic as in a theory and then i also took a degree in master's degree in mar- marketing and then i started working as a marketer actually but it was always in a corporate world and so uh, at the time when I was starting my blog, my idea was that I just wanted to uh, to replace my income from the corporate job. And that was the whole idea. Uh, but I didn't know how, it, how soon it would work out. Um, what really helped me, uh, it was reading these income reports from successful bloggers at that time, people who already were making consistent income above the let's say the full-time income uh, on average Uh, I live in Portugal so it wasn't too hard to to get to the point to the level where it's above the average income here and um, right now I'm working on my YouTube channel in addition to the blog so it's already past four years later and the YouTube channel I also started not not from the beginning it was about one year and a half uh, after I started the blog
0: Hey, that's that's fantastic, and I think you've taken a lot of those tips that lots of people will want to follow in of kind of starting the blog, working until that's mm-hmm. a little bit successful, and then adding different kinds of content to keep it going. Yeah. Um, whereabouts yeah. in Portugal do you stay?
1: Uh, we live in Porto, Porto area. Porto <laughs> Yeah, it's very beautiful. It's a nice city to visit for, for tourism. Mm. Uh, now, now that the borders are open and everyone can travel freely, I think the life will like everything will be alive again because it was very unusual to see Porto streets empty <laughs> during the pandemic. But it was at the same time, at the same time uh, very beautiful because you could see actually the streets and the buildings, not just the, the tourists. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I think that's awesome. Now, can you talk a little bit about a comparison of figures? So I've read a few of your blog posts mm-hmm. of how you kind of got to different steps on the level of success, mm-hmm. how you got to your first 8000 a month and then how you right. make $25,000 in a month, which is mm-hmm. mind-blowing. So can you kind of right. figure through how you went from nothing to that twenty five, dollars yeah. and then how you're doing today?
1: Yeah, I think it's very important for someone who is just starting in this area to have a um, realistic expectations i'd say because the first year of blogging in the first few months it's very typical for most people to be very discouraged because you don't see any actual income at that time you just put in a lot of hours a lot of work a lot of effort and anything if anything grows it's maybe your maybe a little bit your visitors on your site are growing or even more likely that you're just seeing your following on social media might be growing uh, but you are definitely not getting paid, at least not enough to replace your full-time income. And so in my case, it took me about the, the, about a year to reach. But again, I have to mention that in different countries, the standards of <laughs> average income, uh, full-time income are different. So in, in my case, it was the first time when I received over $1,000. It was actually 1400 uh, um, $1,400 basically. Uh, it was the, the first, uh, month when Mediavine, uh, it's, it's an ad publishing company that the ad management company that they accepted my blog. And that was by the end of the first year of blogging before that I, I, I already published a few income reports, uh, in the first year, but they were always uh, a couple of hundred dollars. Maybe the biggest one would, would be $600. And this was, uh, uh, the first time by the end of the first year, where I felt that it's it's heading towards some somewhere where I actually uh, dreamed about, and so um, after after this first month, I was very. Um, um, I, I would say that I, I, I'm i a person who takes a lot of risks. So you know, after the, the very first month, I decided to quit my day job and fully focus on the blog. I, maybe I wouldn't recommend unless you are sure if, if you have a partner and you're sure that um, your partner will, his income will um His or her income will be enough for for both of you. I wouldn't say that it it was worth uh, quitting my job that quickly after the first um, income above $1,000. But yeah, in my case, it was just um, livable. It was possible, so I did it. And um, at the time, as I said, it was just from Mediavine Ads. But uh, if you want to see like the progression, the evolution of all of it, I had to, to increase this income. I had to add many other uh, traffic sources and many other income sources. Uh, in terms of income sources, I, I added uh, affiliate marketing, and um, I started also created my digital products. Initially, it was just eBooks, and then I also created my course because eBooks are just much faster and easier to create than uh, to, than recording a whole uh, online course. Then I also, um, when I started YouTube channel, I also started getting more and more sponsored sponsorship opportunities. I would say that when you just have a blog, it's harder than if you, ha- if you have also some social media presence, because that's how brands will find you first through the social media. And then they can also pay for a sponsored post on the blog, but they will first fi- find you on YouTube or maybe on Instagram, something yeah. like that.
0: It it and- I'm sorry, yeah?
1: no i just uh, uh, since you asked how how it was a, a progression um i i have to mention though that uh, this uh, income reports with twenty five thousand dollars. I even had one with forty thousand dollars. It was due due to um, a Black Friday promotion that I made for my own course, and also some affiliate products had also at the same time the Black Friday promotion. And so altogether, it was just one month in November of two thousand twenty. It was the the highest point um, in income in my income reports. I I am I, dreaming to get back to this income level as a I would say as a baseline but i would say that on average um if i make the like the average per year and and then div- divide it by 12 months that would be around 10 thirteen thousand something like that on average that i'm I think that every blogger, if uh, if you keep working consistently, you, you can reach a certain point. And then it depends on your life circumstances if you can keep up with the speed. Because I had a very good year, 2020. Like I said, I had very high income reports at that time. And then I had a baby. And so I, I started working fewer hours. Uh, I'm, I I'd say that in the first three months, it was almost impossible to work. Um, and then I started trying. I'm trying right now. I'm working about four hours a day. So it's not full time working day, but still, I'm pretty happy with the, where I'm at, because for, for, for our working day, it's a very good salary that I'm getting with my online business, I'd say
0: definitely mm-hmm. i think it's it's really important that you've acknowledged and that you point out the fact that you can't rely on just the one income source you need to work on getting other things getting sponsored mm-hmm. posts getting stuff like affiliate marketing creating products yeah. that your your fans can actually interact with and i think what that does yeah. is it means that you don't have to rely on just one thing because as lots of you yeah. have um, found with like the algorithms changing on social media and even, sure. like, Google, then yeah. Main source of income suddenly dips or disappears altogether. So I think that's a really smart strategy.
1: Yeah, it's true because uh, even in, in this period of time where, uh, in four years that I'm blogging, there were periods when Google had a strong update and traffic can really drop very strongly, like 30% up to 50% on some blogs. You can just get unlike, you don't have to do anything wrong. They can have an update in general in the niche or in the topic of your blog. And that affects many blog, blogs, and they didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when when this happens, obviously your uh, advertising income will o- also half uh, get get to the half uh, halving point. Uh, but at the same time, if you've been all the other work and building other income streams, in particular, in my case, I found that creating my own products and having an email list helped me go through this. Um, algorithm changes because I didn't rely in those months on, uh, on advertising income because I started, let's say, selling my own course, sending emails because I already had a, a, an email list. And an email list is something that no one can take it from away from you. Uh, algorithm changes don't affect your email list. So it was great that I could uh, replace partially the income that was uh, dropping because of the algorithm change on Google. But the good news about algorithm changes is that if your site wasn't really spammy, if it was just affected by a general, uh, sorry, a general change on the, in the algorithm, mo- in most cases, it's po- very much possible that in a few months you will get back to normal traffic levels. Yeah. Traffic can recover.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good way to kind of recover and get back to where you were. And also smart to not rely on just one thing. A great way to manage any obstacles is to kind of mm-hmm. with the punches and think, okay, cool, email marketing, I can do this. Um, Now, I would like to speak to you a little bit more about blogging in particular. So blogging is one of the older, I think, I suppose, siblings of online business. It's been around for quite a while. And there's a lot of people who think that blogging is dead. So do you think it is Is possible to make a living from blogging?
1: I think that we cannot say that it's dead. It's just evolving over time, so it it might be different from what it was ten or fifteen years ago. But if we think about in general blogging as a as a market, uh, it's pretty new. If you think in the historical levels, you know, uh, let's say newspapers, they appeared four centuries ago. Uh, I think maybe seventeen in the beginning of seventeenth century, first newspapers. So it it nowadays of course we are reading less newspapers we are reading more online but how many centuries it passed before this this uh, this point was reached i think that blogging does have still a lot of time to develop and uh, it's not in the infancy uh, stage but um i would say that there is at the same time there is a lot more demand for information online than it was um, let's say, 10 years ago, because it's now global. Uh, I, I, I think that people in America maybe not don't realize that many other parts of the world didn't have that easy access to internet. So in other parts of the world, um, internet is now becoming um, something that in America, it was 10 years ago, completely normal to go to, to internet to find information. And so um, there are still a lot of markets where you can grow and... Um, also, in terms of evolving, um, initially bloggers had, I think that they had even fewer opportunities. There was not in as much competition among bloggers, but at the same time, there was not en- enough um I would say infrastructure in this market, like you didn't have this big companies like now you can join Mediavine, you can join this and that, you can read a lot of income reports, you can see what other people uh, already do or, or did uh, previous, before you. And when they were just starting, there was not a lot of uh, place to go. They, they just uh, could apply to Google AdSense and that's it. And Google AdSense didn't pay much. Mm-hmm. uh compared to even even now google adsense is paying more and if you join uh, net, networks like mediavine and uh, or ad thrive and many others you you're making four or five times more than w- with google adsense but now they they exist <laughs> yeah. previously you didn't you just didn't have that uh, th- there was no that much also um ad income simply because advertisers didn't realize at the time Uh, the power of internet yet there was not enough everything is growing so the market is growing so the income potential has grown a lot also over the years
0: and I think there's a lot Uh, the same yeah to monetize your blog it's not just oh if you talk about this one thing maybe someone will be interested or they'll want to advertise on your blog you can Mm -hmm. go with things like affiliate marketing um and that so that's a, a fantastic point Um, And now my next question is, what is one of the biggest mistakes that you see people making with their blogs? Something that you see with people who are just starting out that they can easily avoid?
1: Um, I think that uh, when, um, like I said, it's uh, very nice to read some income reports of of established bloggers, but sometimes people get confused by these income reports and the, the strategies that established bloggers use. And so beginners often... They, by the way, reading these income reports, I think that in the very first month or two months, they have to start doing all of these things at once, trying to uh, establish themselves on all the platforms, trying to apply to affiliate networks. But all of this takes time just the, to send one application. It can take you, let's say, 15, 20 minutes to, to write an email. And so everything starts taking time and they just spread themselves too thin and they get discouraged by not getting any results because they they're not focused in one area so this i think this is the very big mistake that gets um, many beginner bloggers discouraged is that they're trying to do everything at once and they don't see results and they feel they feel like they're spending so much time and nothing happens nothing really happens so the biggest mistake I say I would say to fix this mistake is it would be to to pick one area where you feel yourself more confident and just focus on that area for at least three six months three to six months until you see some kind of traction there and then you can move to either another platform or start working on another area of your income in, on another income stream.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think lots of people do. They sort of see these big bloggers and people who are really successful, who have already spread mm-hmm. themselves out quite a bit, and they've got a whole team able to manage that. And exactly. they don't really that themselves as yeah. one person. And they, like you said, stretched way too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'd like to talk to you about how you drive traffic to your blog. So you use Pinterest. Now, mm-hmm. we haven't had anyone who uses Pinterest really. So what makes yeah. that the best mm-hmm. platform for you? Um,
1: for me, it made, made it the best platform because I realized that in the first year, I would just need to wait too long for any traction on Google to get traffic from Google. Because um, maybe beginners don't realize it, but Google has a, a so-called sandbox where any new website that doesn't have any domain authority, doesn't have enough even enough content on the site, um, that new sites, they take longer to even start ranking for anything then then let's say that you have an established blog and you wrote a new blog post with that um, established blog it will take you maybe a month or two to start seeing some results with that blog post for a completely a brand new blog it can take up to a year for your blog post to start ranking anywhere Uh, so the first year is really uh, tough uh, with google traffic and so i realized that a lot of bloggers also because of reading those income reports of other bloggers, I realized that they were getting traffic specifically from Pinterest. And so I tried to to see if it worked for me. Because I was initially I was blogging about um, uh, personal finance, I couldn't even I I was completely lost in what kind of niche I wanted. And so I started in personal finance. And then um, I saw that bloggers on Pinterest were getting a lot of traffic from topics like food, like uh, home decor, things like that. Mm-hmm. Everything, things that are trending on Pinterest, they're not usually business related. They are something that people would read for, for leisure, for just like their hobbies, things like that. <laughs> How to spend holidays with your family. And so, um, my blog ended up having no niche at all because I was testing constantly different topics that are popular on Pinterest. But on one side, it, it was ruining my uh, my niche because I, I wasn't the blog wasn't niche down at all. But at the same time, I started seeing a lot of traffic from Pinterest, and that allowed me to actually. Um, get accepted to Mediavine because you need a lot of traffic. At that time, it was twenty-five thousand monthly sessions, but now they even increased it to. Uh, about a year ago, they increased it to fifty thousand sessions, the minimum requirement. So, with Google, I wouldn't wouldn't be able to get to that level of traffic in in a year. I would be just still waiting. Maybe would we'll, we'll be getting like a thousand maximum, um, of visitors. Um, So that's that's how I think Pinterest became such an important platform for me. And I saw the same uh, happening to other bloggers. Uh, You know, you cannot focus only on Pinterest forever because at some point Pinterest also can have an update. It can it can even it it has more um, like a social platform, social media. It's in the middle between social media and and search engine. And many of the social media platforms, they have this something called a spam spam cleanups when they block accounts, suspend accounts. And it just happens that on Pinterest, it can happen quite often. <laughs> like for to my blog, it happened about twice in four years. Uh, luckily, since I wasn't a real spamming spammy website, it just uh, took me about a week to get my account back emailing back and forth with Pinterest support but it can happen so you cannot only rely on Pinterest as a traffic source but it can be a really good uh, boost for your traffic in the first year for sure when you're a beginner I
0: think that's a great place and like you said it is an interesting platform because it's somewhere between a social media platform and a search engine and Mm -hmm. image-based. but then you can click through to blog posts and articles that are more um
1: yeah, yeah. I didn't explain that how it actually works because maybe some of, of our viewers don't don't even know how it, how it works. So you create images. Uh, they have to be vertical because most of the people are on mobile devices, and they are pretty much images with the usually is w- with the title of what your content is about. And then if someone clicks on that image, they go straight to your site. They also have video. Pins and with video pins, it's not so straightforward. You have to click <laughs> a few more times to get to the point to to your vis- to visit your site. And they also added something called Idea Pins. That's um, the most recent format. That is uh, like a copy of story uh, stories on Instagram. Uh, the disadvantage of Idea Pins that currently they don't allow you to link to your site. But they, as a new format, they get more impressions. So a lot of people use them as well to to grow on Pinterest. Um, so if you are a beginner, you can you can do all three formats and make make a mix of them. And this, uh, probably it, it, Pinterest can work in most of the niches. I would say that are um, targeting women because about seventy percent of the platform are is female female audience. So it works best for for niches where women are the biggest audience. <clears throat> so if you're, I would say if you're selling some clothes fashion for for men, it's not so not so great or automobile. T- like something technical, very technical that only men would. would I, I, I don't want to say that women aren't, aren't uh, interested in technical topics, but Pinterest is just not a place for that kind of very serious uh, type of content.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, for that type of content, I think that Google traffic works better.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think those are great um, insights into Pinterest, and it's an underutilized, <laughs> definitely works. It- I think I can keep working Um, and then I want to chat a bit more now about online courses. So what led you to becoming an online educator that step from just ebooks into course creator? Uh,
1: It was part of my diversification of my income streams that I first started working uh, one on one as a Pinterest expert with uh, with clients. Um, but I soon realized that a lot of, first of all, it wasn't um, easy to scale this uh, type of work because for every client, I would spend at least one working day, sometimes even like about one working day, because it's not just the hour that you spend together. So all the emails before the call, after the call, and also it, it's not, it's like I have to analyze their website, their niche, their their Pinterest account before the, before having that hour of consultation. So whatever price I would put for this uh, for this service, it was always um, unscalable. It always depended on my personal time. Sorry. <clears throat> so I also noticed that most of these clients, uh, they were so much in the beginner stages of their building their Pinterest account that a lot of questions were very basic and almost they, like they needed a step-by-step instruction on how to create an account, how to build a build up your boards on Pinterest. So I felt that it's something very basic that um, people shouldn't even pay for it uh, on, a, on a, like they shouldn't use this hour of one-on-one consultation for the basic stuff. So I thought maybe I would just record this as, uh, as lessons, video lessons. And that was the, sort of the, the idea of why I even started making the course, uh, why I started making a course specifically about Pinterest marketing. And uh, so I quickly realized that it's very scalable compared to making one-on-one consultations. And that's how I, um, I found myself also beca- being an online educator. It takes a lot of, um, it, it's more scalable because you can sell as many copies as you, as you wish, but it also involves a lot of support. I have a Facebook group for members of the course. And so they ask me questions through that Facebook group. But of course, it's not as much time as you you take for each client if it's one-on-one.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think um, that's something that you can continue to build on and then have like the second level of the course and keep working through that. Mm -hmm. And because Mm -hmm. it's something that is so common between lots of your clients, people who need to start at that beginner stage, I think, yeah, like you said, it is really scalable. And then you can offer your consultation services as the kind of height once you've got- As an upgrade.
1: Yeah, I actually have- uh, I would say it's like a sev- second version of the second tire of the course when they can buy the course with uh, that, that service of with online consultation, a one-on-one consultation together.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a kind of great <coughs> to do. Um And now let's talk a little bit about the working from home model because I think this, especially after mm-hmm. 2020 and continuing through to now 2022, I think it's in. Interesting new space for people working. So do you encourage people to start a side hustle um, and then break away from their nine to five? Or should they go all in? What do you think?
1: No, no, no. I, uh, I already mentioned that even from, for me, it took at least a year when I was working full time. And only in my free time, I, I was building the, the blog. I think that any type of business, online business, it takes time to get traction. And while this time is going on, you need some income source, and so if your circumstances are such that you have some kind of passive income, or you have a partner, let's say paying all the bills, then you can do it if you if you're if you feel comfortable with it. But um, for for me, I had to work that first year um, full time, and just uh, in my spare hours, like in on the on the working days, it would be one or two hours max in the evenings, and on weekends I could spend half of the weekends working on my blog in the first year. Um, but it was also a lot of fun because um, I saw the goal. I saw it was my dream to, to quit my day job. So um, it, it was, I wouldn't say that it was a torture. It's also fun because you're always, um, as an online business owner, you also have to learn so many skills so you're, if you like learning new things, it's one of the ways how you can do it while making money. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're you learning new things to make more money um, on a side. And and um, yeah, so uh, I would say that it's great to to work from home. It, it did work out absolutely fantastic in my case, because I also had my baby on you know, like two years in, in my uh, blogging, and then I had a baby. And so... Um, I I would have to go back uh, to, to work if I was working in the corporate world just three months after having a baby, so it would be such a hard uh, harsh separation for me. Um, but I had I had a chance to work from home. But actually, it, it also happened during this pandemic, so a lot of people were working from home anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, I think it's different when you're working from home for yourself rather than working in a in a corporate and um um i i always felt that corporate world it, it has some kind of glass glass ceiling for me so um here here i have the only glass ceiling is like i would say that my my capability uh to delegate that's what i i i'm struggling with um because i've i've been doing everything or most of the things on my own and um I have I have a hard time finding someone I can trust to to delegate most of the tasks or at least half of the work that I'm doing myself.
0: Yeah, but it's something to look for. There is a place to Yeah, if yeah. you scale and keep going, is to find someone that you do trust and then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now my last big question for you is about social media so how do you use social media to boost your online presence we've spoken a little bit about how you've used Pinterest so let's talk a bit more now about YouTube and how you're using it
1: hmm. uh, well actually I don't even consider YouTube um, as much as a social media as, as well like I said Pinterest and and now we can say that YouTube is pretty much similar to Pinterest in this sense that it's also a, soc- uh, a social media but it's even more a search engine, at least for me, because when I use YouTube, it's most of the times I'm looking for information actively. Uh, I also go to YouTube and just browse, uh, let's say, mindlessly uh, and whatever YouTube suggests. But usually, YouTube, even w- whatever suggestions are there based on my interests on things, on topics that I usually like to watch there. So, and Pinterest works in a sense uh, similar to this. And YouTube has been. A really great platform for me to build the the online the digital courses part uh, of my business Uh, yeah I don't get a lot of traffic to my uh, general content on the site from YouTube but I get a lot of traffic to everything that's related to blogging to Pinterest because that's the topic of my YouTube channel and I, I found that YouTube helps you establish yourself as an expert more more so than your blog and it helps you with conversions I believe in terms of selling the course, because people, when they saw you on a video uh, on the channel, uh, they trust you more than if they, even if they read 10 of your blog posts, they still didn't have that interaction with, with you as a person. They did haven't heard your voice, haven't seen you with YouTube. Usually it's enough to watch one or two videos and they feel either, they feel that instant connection or they don't. (laughs) That's how it works on YouTube. Um, With blog, They don't know who's behind this uh, text. It could be even, you know, on big sites, um, the owners don't even write that. Big bloggers who have teams, they don't even write their content. So people don't trust that much uh, when they're just reading a blog post compared to videos. So YouTube helped a lot with this part of my business. And I find it also interesting... uh, to, to grow on that platform because it's different type of, definitely different type of interaction with your audience. Uh, a lot of people on YouTube use their real profiles with photos so if someone comments on your blog post, it's usually more more uh, incognito format. You don't know who's behind that. Uh, on YouTube, you can you can click through their uh, profile and you, you know that it's a real person. In most no, there is a lot of also a lot of bots and a lot of, um, but I can tell when when it's a real person and when it's not. So I found that answering co- in the comment section on my YouTube channel also. Help me build this trust with the audience because they see that I bother to, you know, to reply to their questions for free on my channel. So they trust me that inside my paid course, I'll also pay attention to their questions.
0: I think that's great, and it's a it's a lovely way to humanize both you and your audience, and to Mm -hmm. that really important connection, which I think makes a huge difference, Uh, especially as a course creator, because you're providing more than just a product that they take away and they're gone. It's something Mm -hmm. where they continue to build a relationship with you. Um, yeah. now two short questions uh, my mm-hmm. first one is what piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self looking back um,
1: I, I, I was very naive in terms of I didn't know what um, I think that uh, I think that young people are uh, in our times they spend more time watching uh, YouTube videos about uh, finances they have a lot of uh, information about building your own business that's what I, I was missing completely, totally I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life so it took me so many years working in the corporate world without having any understanding how I could even build my own business and uh, so if I if I was young now I would I would focus on uh, no it's not necessary that you have to instantly start working for yourself like start building that business but at least learning more about it Watching this financial YouTube channels, understanding about make, uh, how how to build the business, how to start investing your money—all these things—they are important to to learn at least when when you're younger. And maybe the part of investing now now, now that I'm 36 almost 37 this year, I start feeling that I missed that uh, at least a decade of my life where I could save some money and start investing, not just save it in a bank. <laughs> yeah. I could start investing because it became so popular in the last few years, this in, the whole investment topic, uh, and I had no idea, absolutely nothing. knew nothing about it. And now I realize that people who started investing earlier, they already have some portfolio that is working for them <laughs> passively. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that new generations have, nowadays they have more information available to them. To learn all of these things so I would I would I would suggest that I I did that earlier for myself
0: okay and then my last question for you before we run out of time is where can our listeners find you uh,
1: uh my username everywhere is Anastasia Blogger so if you just google Anastasia Blogger altogether or you can find me at my YouTube channel or you just find my site AnastasiaBlogger.com Perfect. Thank,
0: you, Anastasia. thank you so much for joining me and for giving me your time and thank you to our listeners today if you're watching us on youtube hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you're listening to this on a podcasting app subscribe to the system podcast so that you never miss an episode system.io is a digital marketing software platform packed with all the tools you need to grow your online business